0: Amelia am Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech show, Technical Interviews with Prominent Women in Tech. Technical marketing is an area that has changed a lot with the development of new technologies. Kim McMahon, Marketing Strategies and Communications for McMahon Consulting, explained different marketing strategies. We also talked about the importance of the message and how that can affect your marketing strategy. Kim also explained how social media and messaging tools are being used in technical marketing. Before we continue with the interview, I wanted to tell you that I launched a new podcast. It's called 5-Minute Mentor. In this podcast, you'll hear advice from prominent engineers, entrepreneurs, authors, artists, and more in 5 minutes or less. Check it out by going to mentors.fm or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts by searching 5-Minute Mentor. Thank you. I'm here at KubeCon in Barcelona with Kim McMahon, Marketing Strategies and Communications for McMahon Consulting. Kim, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. And today we're going to talk about Marketing, specifically technical marketing, for over 10 years you've had this consulting business focused on technical marketing and through this business you've served as chief marketing officer in small, medium businesses as well as startups and you focus on marketing strategies a lot. First, I wanna begin understanding marketing strategies. I know it's very broad, but just wanted to get a sense of what this consists of, marketing strategies.
1: Great. Some people think it's maybe just their strategy would just be Twitter, or their strategy will be to write a bunch of white papers. But really, when you look at the marketing strategy or the go-to-market strategy for an organization, you're really looking at things that can integrate and build upon each other. So let's say, your team writes a white paper. Well, how are you gonna promote that white paper? And what are you gonna do with that white paper? Maybe if your goal is to generate leads, are you gonna go ahead and put it behind the gates so that you can grab those email addresses? How are you gonna promote it on Twitter? Maybe it's also something that's gonna be the basis of your demo at an event. So when you look at marketing strategies, you try to understand what the company is trying to accomplish what kind of tools they have, and then how are you going to communicate that out into the sphere of wherever and to get notice for what you're trying to accomplish.
0: What do you mean by white paper?
1: A white paper, it'll be maybe like a how-to. A white paper can be like a how-to do something, or it tends to be technical, detailed, and something that's telling somebody, a very specific audience, how to do something.
0: And specifically, what is the role of a chief marketing officer? What are some of the responsibilities?
1: So the chief marketing officer often is looking at your whole go to market strategy, which is also something I've done with people. So are you gonna direct sell? Are you gonna work with partners? Or are you you gonna sell just through a channel? So you look at like, what is our route to market? What is our route to communication as well? And then you end up putting that marketing strategy together to support how you're gonna communicate with your audience. Also messaging is a really big deal because a lot of companies, a lot of the startups that I worked with, these are super smart people. They're innovators. They have this great technical product idea, but they don't necessarily know how they're going to talk about it so that people get notice. And that's really the goal. And the goal with these open source projects is that we want people to get notice for what these projects are doing to get more people contributing to it or for companies that have wrapped services around it to get people to talk to them. So you're really trying to, with the messaging, Figure out your routes to market, and then your marketing plan that's going to support that.
0: Are there general things that you can think of that help you get noticed,
1: help a company get noticed? Like, can it be, is there something in common? There is. It's uh, almost every client, I work on them with their digital. And, you know, digital can be quite broad, but that basically is a really good website that is talking to who you want to talk to. It's going to be your social presence. And right now, Twitter is how we are communicating in this, you know, that's how we're communicating in this market is there's, it's a lot of, a lot of Twitter as well as Slack, you know, the community Slack channels. So most clients hire me for that as well as events, because that's another really big communication, a really good way for us to communicate and reach a lot of audiences and what are you going to do at that event? So it's not just going, but what are you going to do when they get there? Are you going to have a hackathon? Are you going to have a hackathon? Are you going to do joint presentations in other people's booths? I mean, like the whole package.
0: Marketing, like we've been talking, is very broad across many industries. And let's, if we go in more detail to your focus in the tech industry... Um, working with IT and big data and cloud companies. Can you give um, more context on the kinds of companies you work with, like the range of products they've built?
1: Yeah, I worked with a lot of different technologies. I was focused on high performance computing. So that was a lot of cloud companies, a lot of very specific hardware like FPGAs. It was cluster managers, which would be kind of similar to a container management kind of system in, in this open source. And then I've worked with open source companies, the co-team at Dell, uh, VMware Cloud Native, and CNCF. So just kind of all across the spectrum. And what's interesting is you can have some technologies that are really detailed and you have to know a lot about them. And then you work with some of the other teams like CNCF where I had to learn a little bit about all the projects. So I love tech marketing because you get to learn about the technologies.
0: Since you brought up specifically the term tech marketing or technical marketing, can you explain uh, from your experience what this means?
1: Yeah. So technical marketing will be different than marketing for tech. So I'm going to give you a little distinction. So technical marketing, You know, that's where you have like your product manager or maybe you have an engineer who are going to write some very technical things, such as the white papers, or are going to do technical videos. But marketing for tech is a little different than that because it's broader. And I know some about a lot of technologies, but I don't know enough to, to write something very technical. So I know enough about the technologies that I can understand it and then put it into words that help somebody understand why they care about it. That's what marketing for tech companies are so you take something like database you know we have a bunch of database solutions down there why does somebody care about that and you try to take that technology and put those in the words so they can see themselves using that product or solution
0: with an example can you walk through some of the components
1: of marketing specifically in tech sure so it comes Back to that integrated marketing strategy. First off, we always start, as I mentioned before, we start with the messaging and the marketing plan. And then there's always a component of content. So it's gonna be your typical data sheets or white papers, different contents like that. Then you have your digital component, which will be your web, maybe your newsletters, your email communications, your social. There's an outbound component, which is your PR, your events. And then there's your partner component, you know, looking for those partners that you can put together joint plans because that I always find is, is a very important component because you're looking to expand your breadth of communication to a broader network other than just who knows about you. And what does the partner component specifically consist of? So I will work with partners and talk about what are your goals for why did you partner with this company? So what is your goal in partnering with this company? And then we look at a joint marketing plan, which will typically will be training their team about the product that they partnered with. It will be, how are we gonna go to events? Can we submit joint CFPs? Can we present in each other's booths? We will look at maybe co-branded collateral, using each other's email database to send out uh, communications out to that database to try to generate some interest in each other's activities
0: in terms of digital marketing you've been mentioning different options like social media like twitter newsletters for example in newsletters how can these be used for marketing like what would be examples of content that can be included in them
1: so i like newsletters that are pretty consistent And I believe that newsletters should be consistently sent so that people can expect them every Tuesday or every whatever time period that you do. And newsletters, I also believe that in this field, we need to not always be talking about ourselves because this is a community and this is open source. And it's really about sharing and helping the community grow as a whole. So your newsletter starts with some information about maybe what you have to offer out about product or your open source or enhancements, maybe some events you're doing. But with all the newsletters I've done, I've always had a big section of sharing the articles that we found, things that other people have written that are of interest in it, with the project that I'm working with that I that we think our audience would find interesting. So it kind of comes back to that sharing is caring kind of idea
0: and in terms of twitter which you mentioned now has become really important for tech companies to to use as a marketing tool can you give various examples of different kinds of tweets or strategies because i noticed certain trends but i wanted to get your uh, opinion on what you see and the different ways in which this tool can be used
1: Okay. And that's a great question. And many of us are out there tweeting and using Twitter and who knows if things are going to stick. That's always the hard things. But one, some of the things I found that works when I am managing the Twitter for a company is it, again, same as the newsletter concept that we're coming back to not always talking about ourselves. So I always target maybe 25 30 percent where we're talking about the company maybe another 25 30 percent where we found content that somebody else has written that is you know that we think our audience would find interesting then the rest is engagement with our online tools we definitely talk less to people and when we verbally talk less with people so we're now talking to people online and i believe that twitter is a great platform for online conversations so Doing a quote retweet and adding your perspective to somebody else's tweet or sharing it, doing a reply and joining in on that conversation. And is that related to
0: the engagement portion or the sharing content or what does sort of engagement mean in Twitter?
1: The engagement is having that conversation, doing a reply, doing a quote retweet tagging somebody in something that you say that's the engagement part it's contributing to the conversation but then as you're contributing to the conversation you're also expanding the breadth of that one tweet to your audience so not only has their audience seen it but now your audience has seen it so it's really just expanding that conversation out you know exponentially depending on how many people contribute
0: what about in, in terms of defining when to tweet? Is, is that part of a
1: strategy? It is. Boy, that's the question, isn't it? What time do you tweet? So many tools have analytics, and you can look at the analytics. And I was looking at the analytics for a, an account I was managing, I'd say it was a month ago. And what was surprising to me was that Tuesday, Wednesdays, And Fridays, during the U.S. business hours of 10 to 4, was when our tweets performed the best. But that can change. And I think that really is a guideline. My audience is the U.S. That's typically who reads my tweets. And then I find if the people in Europe that follow me, if they do, they're reading my morning tweets. So I tend to do a lot of tweeting in the morning because that's when people are, are interacting with me. I try not to worry about it too much. So just, I think if you know who your time zone is, you know, try to tweet in that time zone. And with the Twitter algorithms now, you're going to get a section of, if you notice when you go to your Twitter feed, you have, you know, the most recent tweets of people you're following. Then you have a whole section of Here's what you missed. And Twitter is tracking who you're engaging with, and they're going to show you some things that you missed. So if somebody got up at 3 in the morning because they couldn't sleep and tweeted something out that's really cool, you might see it in that section.
0: Yeah. The other thing I've seen, which is a bit, in my opinion, on the extreme side, is I started seeing the same account, but they slightly changed the name for the country or the continent. Like, you would see, like, oh, Europe and, yeah. But I guess that depends on, you know, how big your audience is and if it's worth creating another twitter account just for
1: just for Europe yeah yeah or well so with the bigger companies yeah i was talking about like smaller companies to work with the bigger companies so i've worked with some larger companies you can definitely do accounts with different languages or based on different geographies because you're going to want a language specific tweet you know my i don't many of us don't want to see different you know, language that we're not speaking in our twitter feed So that's definitely a great strategy for larger companies. Another one is to, with one company, we did a lot of tweets, but we would do the same tweet in three different time zones. But we were doing, you know, 10 to 20 tweets a day and including those in three different time zones. So we had a lot of content to share. I'm sure people might've got irritated with all those tweets, but yeah. yeah. So I think that's a great strategy, doing it in different countries.
0: But it would be part of, I guess, when you are... With people from your company evaluating the market strategy, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, where you're trying to target exactly where you're trying to target your products, and I also recommend that you know you write one piece of content and then translate it. Like you don't have to write different content in different languages. Like save your time.
0: Let's talk more specifically about sales and marketing for open source. We're here in this conference where a lot of what we're seeing is open source, and in your opinion, what are some of the unique characteristics of doing sales and marketing for open source software?
1: The number one thing is community. It's about community. It's not about you. And when I first moved to open source from a corporate environment, you know, I had to learn to stop using the words I and we, because it's not about what we're doing. It's about what is happening. And it, so it was a learning and a really powerful learning that I'm now using with my corporate clients is it's not about us. It's about what are we providing without saying we, but here, here's something we have and this is what it does kind of thing. So not using that and always leading in our communications with what others have done. And our contribution is always last in that sentence, whether it's Twitter, LinkedIn, a blog. But we're always leading with what others have contributed or done.
0: You mentioned the community is one of the most important things in doing sales and marketing for open source. Just focus on the community. Why do you think that is, in your opinion?
1: It's following the whole open source philosophy of the community contributing the projects. So... It just is following that kind of philosophy that you're using with open source, developing open source software. And we have
0: a community right here at KubeCon, but there's also a community online. Can you talk about some of the goals of an online community or the motivation to be nurturing this online community and engaging in everything?
1: Yeah. It's a little bit of both, right? So we get together in person and you go to the contributor summit and everybody's sharing ideas, but not everybody is always at the events. So we end up talking on with our tools like Slack or IRC or Twitter and sharing information there. We come together here. There's, what, 8,000 people. A lot of times we just can't have all the conversations that we want to have, so we end up having those online as well.
0: And in terms of marketing, one of the characteristics of open source is it's free. You can just use it. So what would you say are uh, some of the goals for marketing if we don't have really have that incentive of, you know, having people to buy it because it's free. What are some of the reasons why you have a marketing effort around an open source project?
1: Yeah, marketing efforts around an open source project are really to bring awareness to it and to maybe bring awareness to the people. So there's company, there's a human or a company with humans contributing to that open source project. Yeah, they are open source and you are not charging that, but people are doing this effort for a reason. So like any marketing, whether it's to sell a product, but you are gonna do it with the open source because you wanna get, it's really around awareness, getting awareness of what is going on with that project.
0: One last thing I want to talk about is in KubeCon in Copenhagen last year, you gave a talk about marketing and I've seen some of the work you've done and you talked about. One of them is building content. Sometimes that you're not really talking about your product, you're writing about something useful. Can you just give some examples around strategy or what kind of content can a Tech company, you know, consider writing?
1: Yeah, there's one company here and they work with microservices and they write a lot about the value of microservices and how to move from a monolith to a microservices type environment. So that's an example. So they're writing it, And that's valuable content for people that are going to be doing that. There was another company that I was looking at their content, and it's about moving into a cloud-native environment. And so their blogs, they were writing blogs, they did not have white papers, which is perfectly it's neither here nor there let me start that again they wrote a couple blogs on companies that are moving into a cloud native environment and they offer cloud native consulting so they weren't really selling their product they were saying okay if you're going to move into a cloud native environment here's the process that you're going to see and here's where you're going to get kind of you might possibly get stuck so somebody reads that they're trying to do it maybe they do get stuck there and then they're like oh yeah they said i'd get stuck and this tends to be a lot of our communications in open source, where we're writing these articles and these blogs, here's how to do this. And we're writing that because that's what we know. But we're not saying, here's how to do this. And if you get stuck, call me, because that's actually a logical step that the reader is going to take. So that's the real difference in open source marketing.
0: Well, Kim, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. It's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. Great talking
1: with you.